Hello, everyone. My name is Anthony Guma. On behalf of Charlie Wayne, Blake Mace, Mark Borseth, and Dylan Jurgens, you are listening to The Last Take. Today's episode is going to be a little different today. You're going to try and get to know each and every one of us. We realize uh, we haven't done a chance to do so yet, so we're going to do that today before we get started. After that, Dylan's going to take over the 2024 recruits since we, last episode we went over the 2023 ones. And then also, we're going to bring back an old segment, Matchup of the Century. It's something you do not want to miss. Tommy Frazier, he is easily above Cam Newton. I, I highly doubt that. And Nebraska finally beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. Key players to watch, I have Casey Thompson and Anthony Grant. All-time wins-wise, we are still probably easily the best teams. How about that block punt there? That was highlight of the game for me. I mean, their safeties could not handle our receivers. That atmosphere can get pretty loud. Oh, boy. Where do you even get started? This is the last take. All right. So how we're going to do this get-to-know-you segment is basically one of us is going to ask, like, it's just pretty much an icebreaker question. It's what we're going to do around, and we're just going to go around the table and give our answers. So this is just an example, but, like, if you go anywhere around the world, where would you be right now? Some, probably someplace warm. So, yeah. Uh, Dylan, you said you had a question and you want to start us off, so I'm going to hand it off to you now. All right. So my question is career it's career related. What do you want to go in? Because I know we're all sports media majors, or yeah, Blake, you're one. So, what what's your goal? Like, what's your like dream job? I guess you could just do that, and and why. I want to be a, a play-by-play announcer for a professional sports organization, preferably baseball. What about you, Blake? Yeah, I think a lot of us have the same aspirations. Uh, I mean, play-by-play is what I want to be. NASCAR, I want to be able to call the action, whether it's radio. Mike or, Joy along with yeah. Daryl Waltrip and Clint Boyer. Yep, exactly. That's where I want to be. Love Mike Joy. Um, what about you, Charlie? Uh, I, I, I go more, I, I would say the writing path is what I'm more interested in. Ever since I was in like fifth grade, I've always said just something in sports. But then in high school, I kind of thought maybe writing would be something that I would want to get into. I've done some writing in the past, so I have a little bit of experience with that. And then also maybe go the social media route as well. Uh, I've got a social media account of my own that I've been running since I was in seventh grade. Uh, one of my favorite teams, the Denver Broncos. So that's something that I would also like to do. Maybe a be a beat reporter as well. Say uh, what's the what's your Instagram page? Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't know if I was if I get a plug. He's got a free shout out now. Yeah, free Mile shout out. High Broncos on Instagram. Uh, you guys, if you guys are Broncos fans, I would say would be a good account to go and follow. Uh, or if you're not like me, I, I follow it. Blake, I'm not Blake's a, a Chiefs fan. fan and he follows it, but they're rivals. He, he enjoys yep. trolling. Yeah. Yes, I do. So, but if you, yeah, I, I mean, I guess you can do that. There's there's uh, there's trolls. That come into the comments as well. So, well, and I mean, me. yeah, you, you you can go and follow that if you're a Broncos fan. But that's something as well. Maybe go the social media route as well. If that, I think that'd be uh, pretty cool too. What about you, Anthony? Okay, so for me, play by play was a big thing in high school. But ever since starting this podcast, you know, it's kind of changed. You ever heard the phrase? What you walk in college is not the same way you're going to walk out of. Yes. I never believed that. I'm like, nope, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to get all this experience, you know, that they talked about. And I had that experience coming in here. Uh, but it's not, I mean, not, not saying it's happened yet, but like this is definitely a big help. But now uh, play-by-play is still a thing, but even like a radio show host, you know, would be kind of fun, lay back, play whatever music you want, have your own little segment. It might not be as big nationally as whatever, but... Um, 
you know, you have your state announcers, obviously. Like, I know for Iowa, if you're an Iowa State fan, it's John Walters. I don't know if Nebraska has, like, a, a state, like, a radio guy for Nebraska. It's like uh, Greg Sharp and we used to be Matt Davison. It's yeah. him and Benning right now. Yeah. But and who's Wisconsin's guy? Matt LaPay. Matt LaPay in yeah. Wyoming. Wyoming. So they had uh, Dave Walsh was the voice of the Cowboys for a while. He, he used to do football and basketball. Now he just does football, but he's the main one. Yeah, I say that's kind of, that's kind of like what I want to do a little bit now. But who knows where the good Lord's going to take me? And Dylan, what about you? Uh, me, kind of like Charlie, more the writing path. Originally coming in, I was like, well, maybe play by play. I didn't know for sure. I was interested in writing coming in too, but uh, the Experience Lab Unlimited Sports really got me into writing. Coming in, I didn't have that much experience, but after one semester, I did seven articles that were actually officially published. So, one writing's kind of One of them my has, thing. like, what, 400 looks at right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, my cl- Class A championship preview has 424 uh, views, which is the most from last semester's experience lab. So, because it's really close between the Mickey Joseph uh, arrest uh, article on there, but mine's still the most viewed, so... Let's go, I guess. But yeah, I do. I do run a social media, but I'm not for sure if I want to do that. So, but yeah. Yeah, I say I've thought about doing the social media as well, but mm-hmm. I mean that takes a lot of work. So yeah, to yeah I'm keep kind of up feel, with I'm, that. I'm sure you know, but I'm yeah. kind of feeling it a little bit too. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's just something that I've kind of committed to over the years. There was never really there's never really been a point either where I've stopped doing it. There was like maybe a one month time back in uh, eighth grade, but Throughout high school, it was just something, just kind of became a habit, I guess, to, you know, come up with something to talk about every day. But, yeah, definitely during the offseason, I would say, is where a lot of people find the most, uh, find it the most difficult to post because there's just, you know, not as much to talk about. But Well, de- now, well now your team has a lot to talk about well, right now, now with Ryan right and Sean Payton. Yeah. So. so or but, Kevin James yeah. from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, yeah. wonderful movie on Netflix. You, you see that this morning, yeah. Yeah. I've seen that movie too. <coughs> Excuse you, like good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Mark. What's your question? What's your favorite movie? Ooh, sports movie in oh, particular. Sports movie? Okay, sports, okay, movie. sports movie. Sports. Dang it! I was gonna say I know mine already. Cl- it could be a clean sweep. I could give. Do you think it would? I, I, well, I'm curious. We could. Are you saying sports or sports? We should. Do you think that's a clean sweep? The question is sports, sports. movies. So. Sports. Mine's Rudy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good choice. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. You go ahead. Oh, I'm going. I'm going to go. Jeez, there's so many now. Now that I think about it. But the one that comes to my head is When the Game Stands Tall. Ooh, that's that, a good that movie. That's a really good one. Uh, remember the Titans? <laughs> that's, 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 that's a lot. It's a legendary movie. It's probably the only, like, I'd say top. If it's in my top, you could probably, it's like the only sports movie you could probably put in the top 10, like all time, realistically. Very true. Because most sports movies are a little like Space Jam, like. Yeah. They're a little. The new, not the see, new I one, like but, I like the realistic sports movies a little like, bit. Like the one the game stands tall is Yeah, when the same game's tall, Rudy is another good one. I just like that true, um, based on a real life story. Those are the ones I like, I'm not saying I don't like the comedic ones, because obviously like Space Jam is a good movie. But I just the relate, original. I relate better. Yes. Yeah. LeBron. The original. No. LeBron. No. <laughs> uh, did you go Blake? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, my favorite. I don't know. I'm gonna do a little bit more obscure ones since you guys are. I mean, all of you guys have picked fantastic ones. I love those movies. But I gotta go with Days of Thunder. 
Yes. Tom Cruise, 1990. Come on now. That is a really good movie. Uh, um, Tony Scott, the same director as Top Gun, directed that one. And uh, it's kind of crazy. So a little story about that. Um, the drivers actually were like, oh, they crashed too much in it. And guess what? The first race, the first race, Daytona, I think half, more than half the field crashed in that race and the driver's like why are we we just saw that movie why are we racing like it's a movie but anyways it's a really good movie i love it it's early 90s i mean it's it's awesome what are your thoughts on Talladega? Talladega Talladega Nights? Nights. i love it i love will ferrell so i cannot knock it i also uh love the uh such a bear cohen i love him in it too john so. c Riley. yep what's yours i'm gonna have to go with 42 oh that's yeah i'll yeah, pick about uh one. jackie robinson i'm Caddyshack is also up there. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I haven't right. seen that. You haven't seen Caddyshack? No, I, I haven't seen it in a while. But it's a good, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. All right, uh, Blake, you're Blake, up. Your question. Oh boy, you know what? I got a question for you guys. What's your favorite race? You know, I was talking about Days of Thunder. Okay, and now and I was talking about Daytona 500. I'm a NASCAR guy. But I've fallen in love with IndyCar recently, so I gotta go with the Indy 500 right now. I just think it has the prestige. What about you guys? Well. <laughs> Jesus. I haven't watched a ton uh, of, I guess, a lot of a lot of people. I, I mean, guess. some races are, some races are better than others. So I mean, like, I guess Daytona 500 is the only one I've watched. Hell yeah! So I guess I got to say that. Um, I don't know. I've actually, I mean, usually my dad likes Formula One. That's on the TV. Oh yeah. Well, but I haven't watched much of that. So I guess I got got to go Daytona 500. It's the only one I've really say I've followed, been so. to the Daytona 500. Uh, Iowa Speedway is another one I've been to, uh, but nothing's wrong with a good old dirt track as well. Oh yeah! So yeah, I think I gotta go. I'm gonna go with the dirt tracks, either Eldora, Oskaloosa, my hometown. Uh, there's some old, old Knoxville. Like, Knoxville's and I haven't been that one. I want to go you to haven't? it. I haven't been to Knoxville. Man, that's that's once again that's got some mula. That's a lot of yes, mula. especially but, Knoxville Nationals. Yep. Yes, but I've always wanted to go. It's a very good atmosphere and. You know, what's wrong with the good old dirt track? So. Yep. Well, if you go dirt around here, it's Eagle Raceway. It's pretty close to yep. there. You, yep. You probably know I've about been to it. Eagle Raceway. Yeah. That's over by... Eagle. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, south, it's the south side of Lincoln. Okay. And then um, either that or I'd say I've been to Kansas City, that motor speedway. The race I went to was good, I guess. But uh, other than the fact that Danica Patrick crashed on the first turn of the race. so. Yep. I, yep. I forgot what year that was. That's 2014. Funny. It's funny. 2014, yes. It's funny because yeah. the the Daytona race I went to, Danica Patrick got the pole. Oh, you oh, went to that one? Yeah, I went 20, to that one. 2013, yeah. yeah. J- Jimmy Johnson, I went to that yep. one. Uh, that was a good race. And then, other than that, just either any of the ta- Talladega races or Daytona. I yeah. mean, it's the basics. Mark, what do you think? What's your favorite race? Indy. Indy, I think the prestige of Indy, I, th- I think Daytona can also be up there, but I don't know. There's just something Memorial Day weekend. I don't know. I just... Indy really sets the bar for yeah that entire weekend. I mean, you got three races. You got the Monaco Grand Prix. You got the Indy 500. Then you finish off with the Coke 600. Mm-hmm. Greatest day in racing. Say, so. I just want to say one more thing before Charlie gets to your question. Uh, racing has always been a part of my life. I actually got to the point where my dad actually he got to race in a Sprint Car Cup at Kansas Motor Speedway. That's awesome. Wow. And say so we got to like be on the pit road. And I remember sitting in that crew chief chair and I'm like, I could be this one day. And now look where we're at right now. Hey, podcasting. <laughs> So, all right. So my question is, what is the best sporting event you guys have ever attended? Ooh, ooh, that's a good one, man. If you had to pick one, I don't know. I think because we were well, you were at a pretty good one just a few. Okay, weeks. I've been to a lot of big ones, but I'm trying to think of the number one. So, 
Because, like, I just went to Georgia, Ohio State. I just talked about the Daytona 500. Uh, I've been to a lot of NFL games, a lot of college games. I don't know. Someone else go while I think about it. Um, I'll go. Um, I was thinking about Daytona 500, but I went to a spectacular race this year that no one brought up, but I went to the Kentucky Derby, and that was an atmosphere in itself. That was really fun, and again, that's kind of like the 8500, the prestige of it, and just kind of like the whole built-up the day around it and all the stuff going on. Um, I love that. dramatic ending, too. Oh, yes. Yes, it was. I mean, no one even saw that coming, so I mean, like, that Rich was... strike coming out yep. of nowhere there at the yep. end. Yep. I'd say mine was my first MLB baseball game, which I went to this past summer. We went to the I went to the Kansas City Royals versus White Sox game. It was a pretty it was it was actually pretty close going through six innings and then the Royals pulled away, scored like five runs in the last like four innings, but it came in like two innings. So they ended up winning eight to three. But it's just a good experience to go to a baseball game. And you know, the Royal Stadium is a beautiful stadium. Yes, it is. Same I love with the, Kaufman. With the crown, the crown score. The water fountain. And there's no bad seat in that in that building. No. It's probably the same thing to Arrowhead, too. Yes, Arrowhead. This is how, those, this is how those, those stadiums were built back then in the 60s. Yep. So, but, those, um, those water fountains. Yeah. Yeah. The water fountains go off every time they hit a home run. It's pretty cool. It's a cool experience. And it just wasn't that many people, but it felt like there's a lot of people there at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So, and good baseball. So, yeah, that's probably my favorite or any of the Nebraska games I've gone to that we've won or has been at least close. So, I'd have to say mine, 2021 NBA Finals Game 6 when the Bucks won the NBA Finals. Against the Phoenix Suns? Against the Suns. I'm sure I'm that was telling fun. The, the atmosphere was nothing else. I've been to one Rose Bowl, but the NBA Finals atmosphere is, is just something else. I mean, I'm sure that Fazer uh, Forum was full. So... Yeah, it was full and it was crowded. Um, yeah. But you know, staying after to get the, I have the 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 trophy ceremony on tape and with all the confetti and stuff. As a Wisconsin sports fan, you know, felt really proud and stuff like that because it yeah, can be cool. rough sometimes. Yeah. But honestly, probably yeah. one of the weirdest NBA finals in a while. But I mean, you just don't expect the Suns and yeah, the oh, Suns. and Giannis scored fifty. So oh, I mean, yeah, nice. I mean, yeah. It's it's just those 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 two those two NBA finals when you know the Mickey Mouse title for the Lakers with LeBron <laughs> and Anthony Davis. The bubble. Yeah, the bubble. Yep. And then you had the Bucks win it the next year, which is kind of a weird like how that it's changed. Just, and the, just and then the, the Lakers were in the plan and they lost. So so it was just weird. Yeah. Or they didn't lose, they made it into the playoffs and they lost the first round. So to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. LeBron lost in the first round the first time in his career. Um Oh my gosh, I still have, I don't know. So you talk about the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which I've been to twice, the Daytona 500 in February. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you know, the Super Bowl of NASCAR. Yep. Been Coming up soon. The granddaddy of them all. Yep. Uh, and been, once again, NFL games, college games. But I th- honestly, I think it's just because it's most recent and the one I can remember is probably is the Georgia-Ohio State game. I, I'm telling you, we prayed that it was a close game and that's what we got we just yeah more than that (laughs) we yeah we i don't know it still breaks my heart to this day but congrats to georgia whatever yeah i wanted Ohio state too yeah i think we all did but i think but just looking back on it um we were we were getting pigs like wiener pigs later on that week so we had to rush back and get the barn already for those coming in and it's funny my mom or dad was telling me this so we went to the game and there, the kicker missed his strike on midnight, right? 
Well, we were also told, depending on what day we get picks, we would have been to the Buffalo-Cincinnati game with the, the situation that happened. It's just crazy of how we thought of how we would have been there. So, I guess it's my turn for the question. If you could ask one celebrity, either sports, music, entertainment, whatever, if you could ask one celebrity one question, what would it, who would it be and what is it? That's tough. I, I think I actually know. Um, so when I, this goes back to Kentucky Derby. When I went down there, I also went to a concert afterwards. And I'm a huge fan of 80s, 90s music, uh, pop, R&B, and stuff like that. And so I got to see a Janet Jackson, a new edition. And New Edition, uh, there's a member named Bobby Brown, um, and I'm I've know so much about New Edition, the music, and everything like that. And I I've been thinking about this for months. It's kind of funny. I I was like I was looking at YouTube videos, and it found out there was supposed to be an album that came out after his third album, and that's after his biggest album. Anyways, um, he never released it, and so I always wondered why. Like why why what happened? Why didn't you release it? And I actually almost got close to to actually asking him that question because um, my uh, my parents' friends who were down there, we also went to the concert with, she, uh, her friend was uh, B- uh, Bobby Brown's bodyguard at that event. And so we were trying to text him to see if we could get close to him, but I kept thinking in my mind, like, I got to ask him, why didn't you release that album? That's that's my question, and I've always been thinking about it. Missed opportunity there right there. Yes, oh, yes. I'm, I'm still thinking on the yeah, question. I, I think I think... Um, well, definitely the celebrity I would want to talk to the most would be Peyton Manning. Just sit down and have a conversation with him. Legend. My favorite Please. athlete of all time, of course. Played with the Broncos. So, won a Super Bowl with us. But and he's yeah. such a chill, chill guy, too. I yeah, mean, like, that would be like someone to have a good conversation pace, with. Ready, Omaha said hug. All yeah. the, all oh. the advertisements and stuff, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that might be one. Like, what was your favorite What was your favorite ad to film or something like that? Like, he, he's had a lot of fun with that. Or maybe what his favorite game that he's ever played in was. Um, I don't know. I could ask him more specific questions. I don't know. That might... Uh, yeah, definitely a uh, lot, lot of questions I could ask him, I guess. But that, that he's definitely the person I'd want to just sit down and have a conversation with if I could. Okay. <laughs> my, I think the person, I'm trying to think of a question, but the person I'd probably ask is Dan, Motor City, Motor City Dan Campbell. Lo- I love him. As a Lions fan. Got the Lions sweatshirt just, on right now. Yeah, literally. He, he, just, he just fits Detroit. Probably my question... <laughs> Is um where did he come up like uh nine off the kneecaps or breaking the kneecaps? I wonder like where did he come up with that? Like that's probably my questions because that first just his personality. It just yeah. can't, it was just like he just thinks and he says that's yeah. all he does. Yeah, I just I just I just would wonder what what he would say and on that, and then also probably or that or I just say what what is this, what has his, has been his favorite moment as the head coach at Detroit like. That that was uh the the kneecaps thing was really funny. I but honestly I thought the funniest thing we we talked about it a little bit. Dylan was when he had no idea that they were throwing the ball the penetrable on the play, <laughs> and he was talking the, about the it on end the Pat game. McAfee show. Yeah, the end the game against the Vikings. Great moment. Was, I was so confused what was going on at that moment too. So or like uh, against the Packers, he they did the toss play to end the game like to get us. It was like third and seven. And yeah. to get us closer to the first down was incredible. But yeah, that's probably those were my questions, probably. So I'd probably do Al Michaels. I think, you know, the of all the games that he's called, what's been his favorite game to call and just like how he does his stuff. I mean, how he prepares is gotta be Yeah. 
And then the fact that he's just such a legendary figure in the commentating, like, he's, he's spectrum, been doing so. it for so long. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, you yeah. know, he's at Amazon now. So, um, so most of you guys went with sports figures. Blake went, went, went with a music figure. I'm going to go with an entertainment video or person. I'm going to go with Tom Cruise and see which what, oh, hell yeah. what, what movie is his favorite. That's a good one. Is it Top Gun? Is it's it Days prob- of Thunder? Is it A Few Good Men? Like Mission Impossible? Vanilla Sky. I know that's one of his favorite ones. It's one of my favorite movies of, of his. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know. I, he seems like a good guy. So mm-hmm. Also, you learn about would, uh, Scientology. And also, how like how can I get all those licenses too? Like yeah, because he's a pilot license, skydiving, skydiving, motor, motorcycle, motorcycle. Everything. He has everything. You name it, he's probably got it. Yep. So, all right. Well, hopefully, you guys got to know a little bit more about us. I know I definitely know more about these guys as well. So we're gonna take a little break, and Dylan will take it over. back to the last take. So, kind of like last week, you know, I went over the 2023 recruiting class. Uh, quickly, we got a couple signees today, since today was signing day. Uh, just Eric Gilbert, MJ Sherman, Jacob Hood, the three uh, transfers from Georgia. Corn dogs, so, baby. Yeah, they signed today. We also have um, Demetrius Bell, wide receiver from um, Kentucky, resigned, or Nashville, I should say. But, and then we had, um, I want to say, somebody else signed today. But yeah, we're going to go over the 2024 football recruiting previews because we have nothing yet, obviously, since we're more focused on 2023. But now since signing day has passed, we can go into the 24 hours yep. thing. So Fantastic marketing, I love marketing it. for that. I love it with Matt Rule. But So I'm going to list from the highest priority and star rating. So they're, the star rating will go lower, but I'm just going to do about five players, and then I'll go through one, and then I'll let you guys – um, put your thoughts or opinions on it. So, if you're Husker fans, you know who I'm starting with. Number one, five-star quarterback Dylan Riola out of Pinnacle High School. He transferred. To, he officially officially transferring from Chandler to Pinnacle High School in Phoenix. Uh, he's the number one prospect in the 2024 recruiting class. And some of you non-Husker fans, or you just guys don't know. Uh, why would uh, the number one recruit in the country want to come to a 4-8 Nebraska team who's been terrible for the past seven years? Well, he is the, the son... The Dom Toretta quote, family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally, family. Son, he's the son of Nebraska and College Football Hall of Famer Dominic and, Riola. And Detroit Lion. Yeah, former Detroit Lion. He spent there for 10 years, I believe, something like that. And he's also the nephew of our current offensive line coach, Donovan, Donovan Riola, who played at... Wisconsin, I believe. But um, his most notable offers, you know, Nebraska, Oregon, USC, Georgia, and Bama, et cetera. There's so many. He's the number one recruit in the country. I mean, he probably has offered to go anywhere if he wants. Yes. I'm sure there's teams offering, like, millions with NIL. I hate I, – I don't hate NIL, but, you know, we, I yeah. don't want to go into it. It's yeah, that's, a, a, that's, another, that's a conversation for another time, another, another place, because, I mean, it's just – you can get so much in, in detail about it. Yeah, but he originally committed to Ohio State – uh, but he decommitted back in December, and it just makes it very interesting because originally we were in the running a little bit, but, you know, we shall not say his name kind of screwed that up. So yep. it was kind of a quick commitment. It was kind of surprising. He did it in 2021. He committed to Ohio State when he's in the 2024 recruiting class. So it's kind of interesting to see. But 
uh, Parker Thune of OU Insider, Crystal Ball him to Nebraska, and there's Steve Whitfong for 24-7 has him going to Georgia, but who knows? But if you guys have any thoughts or anything, you can go ahead. Yeah, let's let's get back uh, back to Dylan. I mean, it's just he uh, he would be an insane get for Nebraska, and it, I think what it's going to come down to is how Nebraska plays next year. Um, I don't necessarily. Th- I, think, I don't even think that I, either. I think I think he'd come here even if we have like a mediocre record, you know, um, a 500 record, or maybe you know, I th- say at least six and six. I, get, get I, at least a bowl game. I I think that he'll come here if he can tell that our team will be competitive. Um, I think that's one of the things we lack this year. Is that I mean, yeah, we were we were winning some games or we we're in close contentions, but we we're it was just we were uncompetitive defense and not well rounded. So I think that if he sees if our team is more well rounded and has that, you know. Um, good Matt rule, what he wants, that kind of like a direction, then I think he would probably, that'd be his, our best opportunity to get him. If we have a fantastic season, I mean, hey, you never know. I mean, a TCU route could happen to anywhere. I'm obviously not going to say that will happen for Nebraska, but I mean, it is possible in today's college landscape. So, I mean, you never know, and I think that would definitely play into it. Um, but, I mean, family is really close to him, you know, and he, Big he's, part of it. he's talked about it a lot, and that's why it's not just like, I mean, there's a lot of players that have parents that have gone to other, other schools played Joe Burrow yeah. the big one yeah exactly and it's like doesn't necessarily mean we're guaranteed to get him but um this is one where actually family does mean a lot and so having well, one connection. of his family members his uncle is a coach here so yes. it's like that m- makes a big difference yeah. also the cool part I forgot to mention this he is a must big priority for our staff here uh, in Lincoln because if this says anything and I hope Dylan realizes this we sent nine assistants. Our entire assistants. Are staff. all in, are all of our assistants, excluding Matt Rule, because he already did his in home and call in high school visit already. He can't do it again as a head coach. It's NCAA laws or whatever. So, but um, yeah, we sent all of our assistants down there for a high school and home visit. Maybe I don't, I don't remember what yeah, it was, but remember. they all came. They went there. I think it was. I believe it was last week. So, hopefully, he realizes that he's a big priority. I'm sure he knows. Yeah, no one sent. The cavalry, like we have, I mean, other, other, I think Georgia sent a few people, but they didn't send as many as us. And obviously, again, it's a, it's about the mentality we have. And if if we are able to, you know, point Nebraska in a new direction, I mean, if even if we just look better, I think that will help him wanting to come here because I don't think he'd probably want to come here if we did do bad, you know, um, because I mean. You still got an offer from Georgia, so you never know. But again, that's a whole year from now, so yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. It's tough to see too with these teams like Georgia, Oregon, and USC. Oregon got a quarterback in this class. Georgia got a quarterback in this class. USC USC got the number one recruit in last year's class because ESPN has uh, Malachi Nelson over Arch, so which is interesting. It's different from everyone else. Everyone has Arch, but that might be just be a name thing. I mean, name yeah. gets you anywhere. This is kind of thing. It's same true. thing ne- with Raiola, though. Yeah, you can almost say that with that, too. So, But it would be interesting to see where this goes in the next year or so, especially during the season. He's visited here unofficially a couple times, but yep. one was with his younger brother who's going to be in the 2026 class. So he's a yep. freshman currently in high school, but he is a quarterback as well. Yeah, we could have a hey, huge line pipeline, of yeah. players. But, so, yeah. It's just some, like, say, just the amount of quarterbacks that we have here. We got Casey Thompson. You know, he's probably dealing with that elbow. 
So we'll he did get surgery. But, but he'll, yeah. he'll be back, I uh, think. He'll be fall. back. But then we got Jeff Sims. He's taking it here. And then, you know, it's up to Dylan. And then Dylan's right next. So. And then we got Ch- Chubba Purdy, and, and Logan, Logan Smothers. Yeah. I'm sure these guys, some, at least one of the, or two of them will transfer. We got some of our walk-ons and lower, like, star rated. And I think Not star rated, but just lower on the depth chart. I'm sure some of those will transfer after the spring. Because I know they're, pro- they're probably thinking in their head they might not be playing again here. Yeah. Unfortunately. This might be the best, I think, I think our, uh, our quarterback room has had. I mean, just with, I mean, everyone involved. I mean, even even Chubba and Logan, I mean, they're not— It's good depth. It is. It's good depth, and I think that's something that we Nebraska struggled at because, I mean, you got to think, the past, like, five seasons, a quarterback goes down, and we're having an argument of who to throw in there. Oh, they play one mediocre game, but we still lost, so, oh, they should play the next week, but they do terrible. Uh-huh. Yeah, like Luke, Luke McCaffrey. McCaffrey. <laughs> See, Penn both, State, yep, and then he fell off the yes, next week. Yes, exactly. So. so I mean, like, I've we finally have security at the quarterback room to where like I'm not just like scared, you know. And we uh, could play both of them. I yes. mean, this fall. I mean, we got Casey, who I know he wants to start. He is the senior. He is the senior. Yep. He's the most veteran player. You got Jeff Sims, who has Power Five experience in at Georgia Tech. He's played against some good teams down there. Yes. I mean, Georgia is the big one, but. But yeah, that's anybody else have anything? Charlie, Anthony. Say just another thing. He's also this is twenty four seven. Don't know how you guys feel about it or how. I mean, I use accurate. I use twenty four seven. You know, he's so. got a perfect one one score. It would be the first time. I don't even, first time. I don't even think Trevor Lawrence was that. Trevor so. Lawrence wasn't that. I think was I think Quinn Ears was the last person with a one on twenty four seven. I think it's the composite when it's not when that's one. That's a huge deal because no one gets a composite one. But anyways, one. like a, a five star who is a solid one on I mean he's easily the best player in the you know, that's clearly a good sign. And if he's right now in his five schools, I mean Georgia Georgia, Oregon, USC and Alabama, I mean you got and we're we're in the mix, you know, it's just right there. So the ability to compete with these guys is another thing and you know, hopefully he comes here. That would be really, really impressive. Probably the biggest recruit we've ever had, honestly. It will be because yeah. we have a we have a couple five stars in our history. Marlon Lucky was our last one back in 2004, if yeah, I'm correct. We, he transferred after two years, though. So. Yeah, we normally don't get the kind of those big five star athletes. Get we get our stars. we get our in state four stars and out of states four stars. Yeah, we get most of our in state guys. Late under Scott Frost, we didn't, but. All right, my second player uh, is four-star wide receiver Davon Hall from Bellevue West High School in Omaha. Uh, he is the second-highest-rated rated recruit in 2024 class here in Nebraska. He's kind of right there with Carter Nelson, who I'll get into next, actually. He has a bunch of Power 5 offers, and he's a big player. That is a must-get because, you know, you got to get your in-state guys. If you're going to want to compete, you're going to have to get your in-state guys because— you're like competing with recruitings because a lot of these guys are very good players. As of recently, like Malachi Coleman, got Dave, Davon Hall. We've in the past too, we lost to like Davon Jackson from yep. Omaha. I think West Side, but it's it's we have to get the in-state guys. It's a big part. Like you see, I know Texas is different, but let's say it's Kansas, Kansas State. Yeah, they get a lot of in-state guys, mm-hmm. like Avery Johnson. Yep, from last year. I mean, you got to get your in-state guys, and I'll get and get more into that later. But but anybody have anything on Davon Hall? I'm sure. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just you know 
this staff has done a fantastic job already of making sure to get the in-state talent. I mean, Malachi Coleman is a perfect example because you know he's he could the first have gone, person he talked to. Yeah, and he could, he could have gone anywhere, and I think that it shows that these coaches want to go to practically every high school in Nebraska. So, getting these in-state guys who are really good because there's a lot of talent around this area, and I think that's what people. Uh, don't necessarily understand because maybe there's a higher density of them down in the south, like in Texas and other places. But Texas, it's just like there's so many. There's so many. It's so hard to compete. But, but then again, I mean, the Midwest, there are some fantastic players that go really under the radar, and it's good to finally see us actually focus on local. And it's kind of it's weird just to think about the past four or five years when we really thought that, oh, this coach definitely knows this area. He's going to do it. Didn't do it at all, really. You got the Lincoln guys. Yes. Barely. Which, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. We ran off of, like, the Husker legacy, but not it not being taught well, just being like, oh, my diehard want to go there. That's kind of like, you know, I love Nebraska so much. They were a top priority for me of, like, why I want to go to college. I mean, there's some there are other people that are like that that have had that growing up like that. But if you're if you have any slight interest outside of it, we didn't get those players. And now I'm confident to say that we'll get almost everyone – Unless they might get them, like some of these like lower star rated guys, yeah. like these two or one stars. Obviously, they might not get looks. I know the staff's priority prioritizing on those guys too. They're not mm-hmm. just going after our four stars, three stars. They're going to go after the smaller guys, walk ons. But there's also other opportunities here too, like UNK, UNO. I know UNL doesn't have a football team, but UNK. Yeah, you can. Do good and transfer up, become a walk on here, or yes, or I, mean, uh, I or just Western, go, any, or go anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, but tr- I Western then transfer uh, over to Nebraska, which I mean is that's kind of like what they're and a lot of mid major player uh, schools go off go after are like, I mean three stars and lower, but yep, some four stars, but you know, there's a lot of opportunity for this staff to really attack Nebraska our recruiting because obviously we have more time to travel too because they get more. Airtime, I guess, but they're not yeah. gonna fly to like Grand Island, but like <laughs> or like Bellevue. But you know, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. And then I'm I'm gonna segue this into the next player if anyone else doesn't have anything to say. So the next one, this is a big need. I'd I'd almost I wish I'd probably put him at th- two, but four star tight end Carter Nelson, Ainsworth, uh, Nebraska High School. Uh he's a he's an eight man football beast. Eight man football. Eight man football. Yeah, he's a four star. He has a bunch of in state. Uh, not in state. Six five two fifteen. He's big. Auburn Baylor. Yes, he has twenty. I, I think today it was updated. He got offered by Louisville. Oh, he has okay. twenty power five offers currently. That will go up. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a comp- uh, competition to get him because. A lot of big teams are going after him. A lot of the local places, like I see you're pulling up, but like Iowa State, Kansas, K-State, Iowa, VTech, Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, Michigan. Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas, it's like kind of the same. Auburn is a big all, one. But then when you look at Auburn, Auburn and Baylor, I would I would definitely agree. You might put him at number two. Yeah, Michigan too. Sure. Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah. There's a lot of lo- like the regional areas where they're really going after him. I know Notre Dame too, but um, this is a big we need this is a must get it would be huge to get him because first off tight end it's really slim it's a really small room i mean it's, it's gotten built up but we only have eric gilbert and thomas fedoni and then you have walk-ons yeah we I mean, really need tight ends it will help this year never have hopefully them, really because if someone gets injured 
what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. You can never have enough of tight ends. And, and there's some, a lot of teams really have the struggle at depth, I feel like, for tight ends, unless you're in Georgia, who can pull a Brock Bowers out. And then you got to have Darnell there. Washington, who's 6'8. Yep. So, like. But there are some other teams that just that don't, that don't always have them. And uh, again, this would be another local get. And, and luckily, it looks like the forecasting says he's, you know, Nebraska. Yeah, he's been crystal balled here. But um, that really honestly doesn't mean anything. But it does work out. I mean, again, with all those other schools, definitely. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for sure. Yeah. But, but luckily, though, again, um, the staff's made it staff's a priority. Staff's made it a priority. And if it's going to go back to the Dylan Rowell thing, if we play competent next year, I think that. We can easily get almost. I'm not gonna say every athlete because I mean that's just you could, that's living in a perfect world and you can never get any athlete. But I mean, if we just perform better next year and just play to a better mentality, then I think that a lot more it's a lot more open for people to want to come to Nebraska. Yeah. So the next one, four-star corner cornerback Mario Buford from Desoto High in Desoto, Texas. You might say, Texas. That, does that last name seem familiar? Well. He is the younger brother of current defensive back Marquise Buford Jr. here at Nebraska. That is a big reason alone why Nebraska needs to go after him. But and that's why he's interested too. So he I don't know too much. I just seen the name. He's very high on the list. So he's a good player. Obviously he's a four star. And it's also building that Texas pipeline that we yep. used to have back in the day. That'd be yeah. That'd be and good. so so this is a big part. And I'm interested to see where we go with him. I'm sure I'm. He has a lot of Power Five offers as well. But yeah, TCU, Texas. He actually visited TCU uh, uh, this year, so um, that's gonna yeah, be TCU is gonna be a tough one. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough one to beat. But he's also or, visited Oregon, offered as well. Yep, like in Michigan um, State. But he's came to us twice. Um, we gotta consider some of these former mid majors, but like UCF now is Power Five, and he has offered too. So it's a big part, Houston. Again, like you said, reestablishing that Texas connection, and you know we got that. We've Texas. already started. We got uh, the seeds right Wagger, now. so yep. Bob Wagger, our tight end coach. So, be interested to see. Um, and then the last one, three-star offensive tackle Caleb Pyform from Omaha Central. Again, local talent. Uh, he's six-five, three hundred pounds. He's a big boy. In-state, in <laughs> what I have written here is in-state talent equals a must-get. Yes, that is, and also facts. it's offensive line. You always need offensive linemen. It doesn't matter how good your offensive line is, you always need offensive line. And based off how our our offensive line gets injured, we really need it. So we we attacked it in the transfer portal and recruiting last year's or this twenty twenty three, but always a must get. So. That's, so how many? So how many of the five there? So that, is that four of the five in Nebraska that are in Nebraska? Four of them. Yep. All right. It's always Make my it big, happen. Yeah, it's it's. it's oh, there's no it, three of the five because I have all still in Ryle. Buford's Texas. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Buford's Texas. Right. So yeah, but yeah, it's always a must get local. But yeah, that's all I have on this. Excited Anything for the else? future. There's a lot of other things too. Like we're attacking. We're already attacking 2025. Uh, Stone Sanders, quarterback out of Pennsylvania, visited recently. So we're already talking, like I said, 2026, Dayton Riola visited already. So, like, it, It's kind of crazy. It never stops, you know? I mean, the recruiting just never stops. That was with Mickey, though. Yeah. But, um, but uh, I'm just interested to see. I know recently we offered a linebacker out of South Dakota. I don't want. I don't know a star rating, but it doesn't matter. So, And then also walk-ons. It's always nice to get those. So we have a few of those. But it's interesting to see where, where we go. I'm excited to see 
where Dylan Raiola goes. 24 so, hours. 24 hours. There we go. But yeah, so that was 2024 recruiting preview. So, yep. All right, we're bringing back an old segment uh, called Matchup of the Century. We did this one way earlier, and we did the 2001 Miami Hurricanes versus the 2004 USC Trojans. Uh, but now since we got Blake on, uh, and Blake, Dylan, Charlie, and I have had a conversation about this earlier, we're going to discuss the 1995 Nebraska Cornhuskers versus the 2019 LSU Tigers. It's okay? going to get heated. So, this one could get interesting. It, it, it's going to be very interesting because last time Charlie said something bad about the Cornhuskers, um, Tommy, Tommy Frazier, well, you if you listen to our theme well, song. He didn't know enough. I, well, I said that he wasn't the second greatest quarterback in college football history. And then, Dylan, you had a very interesting think, response. I don't think that's a very you know so. ridiculous statement to make. But, yeah, keep going. All right. but And then we were, we were just joking around about this. I mean... Charlie and I were going to represent 2019 LSU. Blake and Dylan, being the Nebraska natives, representing Nebraska. And Mark is the judge. All right. <laughs> so we're going to do- judge Mark. Judge. All hail All Judge right. Marks. All right. Court is now in session. What are your commands? Court's now in session. Okay. All right. Okay. If it gets out of hand, you got to order it. Okay. <laughs> so. Blake, I'm going to start with you first, and tell me why. We should just go for. We just go first. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah. All right. Plaintiff, go first. Actually, you guys say that, Mark. Plaintiff, go first. Well, what do you want to talk about first, Dylan? I mean, well, you know, this team you know, is stacked. Different time. We played in the Big Eight. Yep. Current Big Twelve. Legendary conference. One of the greatest conferences in history before nowadays. But we went twelve and zero, coached by legendary college football Hall of Famer, former U.S. Senator Tom Osborne. <laughs> I think it was House of Representatives, actually. But um. This team was incredible for the time. Destroyed everybody. Uh, I think we aver- let's see, averaged 53.2 points per game on offense, which is undone. I don't. I at least I at least uh, during that time, uh, 400, nearly 400 rushing yards a game, which is one of the best rushing or overall offenses of all time. And then you add. Uh, you add it up, it's almost 600 yards per game on offense, and we only allowed 14.5 points per de- per game on defense. Uh, inclu- some good big wins include number eight K State. We beat them 49 to 25. Colorado 44 to 21 when they were ranked seventh in the country that year. Kansas was ranked number 10 when we played them. We beat them 41 to three, and the biggest one of them all, the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl in 1995, 96. We beat number two Florida, 62 to 24, which was the re- record for the most points scored in a college football game, national championship game until this year. So, um, some notable players, good old Tommy Frazier, Heisman runner-up to Eddie George that year. Uh, college football Hall of Famer, all-time career record, forty-five and four. Doesn't matter with the ninety-five, but and he's still considered one of the greatest college football players of all time. And then another player I put down is Amon Green. I'm sure you've heard that name, Mark. Oh as yeah, a Packers fan. Oh yeah. As a freshman, he he took the workload because was we'll to say Lawrence Phillips had some mental issues off the off the field. Off the field issues. Yes, a lot. Um. 
uh, as a, he started as a freshman in a backfield with Tommy Frazier and Lawrence Phillips, who was really good a couple years before those couple years before this, led the team in rushing yards, uh, and, and then he ended up being drafted by the Green Bay Packers. So, but those are like the main things and I just say one of the one of if not the best overall offenses of all of all time uh, one of the greatest head coaches of all time if not some people consider him the best but I don't think Nick Saban's probably better but um or Bear Bryant performance with not the highest rated recruits ever you know it's in the time walk-on was our thing we yes we created the walk-on like program kind of like most of them played yeah. all of them played we didn't need the players we didn't need to go like to California cross country, yeah, and, and we had a, those few, we had a few, but like you know, Tommy Frazier's from Florida, but it's like a different time, and also uh, one of the best option offenses of all time. Yes, I mean we ran, we rushed for four hundred yards a game. Over and defenses yards could, no defense could stop it. Yeah. This is that time. We put points on the board. It really didn't matter. Um, and, you know, the thing is, again, with the going back to the coaching thing, because I think that is a huge part of it, too. Um, this is a, a run where Tom Osborne was a historic run in the 90s. I mean, you just got to think about how dominant the and teams were. And how close were. we were in the 80s, too. Yes. So uh, in it, things would roll over year after year, really, just the competitive nature. And I feel like nowadays, besides maybe, uh, you know, Georgia recently, we haven't necessarily seen rollover from year after year to just getting to that actual top level because um, every time Alabama did maybe you know 2011 2012 they won two straight but LSU they lost LSU was pretty good that year I guess but 2012 Notre Dame wasn't that great mm-hmm. so they didn't play that good I guess but but that, yeah and then maybe uh, that's it. and then Clemson, uh, yep they didn't win back-to-back though so yep and then a huge highlight obviously to round off that season in that uh Fiesta Bowl 62 to 24 win against Florida was previously the biggest scoring margin ever in the national championship game until it just got beaten this year by Georgia, which is unfortunate. But I think that just shows. Thanks, Georgia. Yeah, thanks, Georgia. Um, I think it just shows, I mean, how dominant that team was on offense. And they didn't even have to pass a lot to do that. And even at a time when the game was changing quite a bit, I mean, it's it planted the seeds to the early 2000s of what we saw with more passing and stuff like that. But that team, I mean, they just, you just couldn't stop it. I mean, more than seven uh, yards per carry um, on a run, which, I mean, is just unreal every time we touch the ball. And then, of course, to end the season, we outscored opponents 216-84. to 84. That's incredible. And also the fact, you know, 14 and a half points, that's pretty good. But um, you got to think about this, too. Like, you know, there was that one game, Washington State, 35-21, to 21, but we were up. I want to say twenty-eight to seven or thirty-five to seven going in the fourth. Yeah, and they scored in the fourth quarter when we had like three string third stringers in. And most of these points, these teams are scoring against this team. We would have our third stringers or our walk-ons in, mm-hmm. or I, I don't know how that works. But I didn't live in that time. But it's an incredible team, one of the best teams of all time. It's, I think it make it interesting. College with, football team of all time, huh? You think it's the greatest college football team of all time? No. I I think there's other teams that are probably I, Yeah, better, I think there's other teams, but it, you got to look at it with perspective-wise. I mean, each team has their strengths, but this offense there, is just heads and toes above a lot of other ones. And I know you guys are going to get it with LSU because obviously Joe, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr, of course. But again, you guys are going to that in a minute. But going back to the 1995, I mean, that's just something that you didn't even see. Even even when back a lot then. of teams are running. The problem is that we were the, we were the blueprint for a lot of teams back in the day. You know, they followed off of what Nebraska did. Whatever Tom Osborne curated, that's what a lot of other teams try to implement and do. 
I mean, at the time, it was the biggest name other than Bobby Bowden. I mean, yeah. and then Bear Bryant in the 80s, yep. 70s, and 60s. But, I mean, Tom Osborne is one of most people know who that guy is. I mean, yep. he's the big reason why, you know, football so he, how football is. Respected, I mean, like, he still is one of the greatest coaches. As someone that's met him, too. So. <laughs> I've never been lucky places. enough to meet him, um, but I mean, he's he was also on the college uh, football playoff board. Um, he, he, first couple he, years, yeah, first couple years. Um, but yeah, he's played in a, a crucial role in just building other things, and and that's why it leads back into the 1995 team is because just the coaching was so well. Again, you talked about it; the walk-ons are just such a huge thing. So, I think that's a, what we have for our really opening argument. What do you guys got to say? Do you want to go first, Charlie, or do you want me to? Uh, I mean, you can make the first argument. I guess I could maybe just start off by asking a question. How do you think Nebraska and that option or that offense that there was a you know a lot of triple option? How do you think that would have done in today's college football? I think they're a really physical team, um, and obviously it's kind of hard to do that because you can go to any sport and say, "What about this old guy? This new guy?" Like I was saying earlier too. Like, when people compare—this is basketball, but when you compare LeBron and MJ, it's super hard to compare them because they played in two different eras. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying LSU wouldn't do good. I, I don't think—the teams were different back then. I think It's just, it's I th- just I think the style play. Cause like, just the style play was well, a whole different. Right. At, I think the game has evolved a lot since then, and teams have, are better than they were back then, I think. You know. Well, it depends. There's more well, sides of It depends now. how you look at okay. it. It's more I dimensional. I will. I will say it's more dimensional. Football is more dimensional. Does that necessarily it's mean it's better? Ba- it's turned into a balance. balance it's offense. Balance. Yeah. The balance offense is you're not because like what you were saying, you're rushing 400 yards per game. Mm-hmm. Not one, There's probably not even one team that's close to 300. You know, because they don't they don't run that option that they, they do. But now it's just more well rounded. You know, you do have your passing stuff and you do have your rushing. It's just more well balanced, but. Yeah, um, you said you want me to make the first argument? Yeah, you can go. Okay, so, I mean, you you brought up two players for Nebraska. I'm going to bring up quite a few. Well, yeah, they're, they're but, well to be fair, <laughs> you, yeah. can, you can just go. I'd say. You could go on for uh, all right, yeah, a while. You got Joe Burrow. This is just offense. Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, even uh, uh, Randy Moss's kid, Thaddeus Moss. Thaddeus Moss. He was actually pretty good. Did you, say, he, did you say Terrence Marshall? Marshall. Terrence Marshall. You know, also in he the was NFL. a full, like he, yeah. He's he was under the radar and he was a four star. But like Jamar Chase, you know, he was a transfer from Kansas actually. So and then Jamar Chase, three star commit. Joe Burrow transfer from Ohio State. But it all started with the game against Texas. It was very rough. You know, you're at DKR forty second second week second week and third and seventeen. Yep. <laughs> Jamar Chase, peace. But, you know, and then after that, I mean, then you had another tough game again, Alabama, who was also really good. You know, you had Henry Ruggs, uh, Jalen Waddell. Jerry, to, uh, Jerry Judy. Yeah, you know, just they were explosive on really the end over there. Team. And overall, I just think the SEC conference was a little bit better. And then playing Georgia in the – SEC title game, that one they won by 27, blew out Oklahoma. But And then they played Clemson, who I think, Charlie, you've talked this before. Uh, they were the defending national champions. They were still on their winning streak back Trevor then. Trevor Lawrence had not lost a game as a college starter. And then that was the first that. one he lost. And but. first quarter, Clemson is up 17-7, just quickly. After that, or it's early second quarter, 
there was it was not it was not a game at all. It was a route. It was I think they outscored him thirty five to eight at that point, and it, and it wasn't close. Like there was a clear difference between the two teams. Nobody was stopping him that year. And um, and yeah, you just continue. I'm just here. looking at schedules here. Nebraska four top ten wins with Kansas being number ten. LSU has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven top ten wins. Or seasons were longer too. It's very true. Your seasons well. are longer. Twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. We played 11 games, and then the bowl game. We know we didn't have a conference championship. But when I look at this too, when we played ranked teams, it weren't it wasn't close. I'm not saying football is different. Football is different. But you look but you at Auburn. Yeah, Auburn. You beat them by three, or they beat them by three. Bama. It's Bama. I don't really care. I'm not going to say anything about that because that's a tough game regardless. But but Texas, they weren't that good that year. I know they were number nine at the time. But they fell off hard after that game, I think. Or they weren't very good. They weren't the number nine team the rest of the year. I'd say they finished twenty fifth in the AP poll as an. But eight. they're all. As a Husker fan, they're always overrated. <laughs> I'm just saying they're not that. They weren't incredible. Um, Florida, whatever. Uh, let's see. They, well, they fin- whatever. And, let's say was, they finished six. Yeah, they finished. They were six right in year. there. They went eleven oh, okay. two that year. I don't remember. I think. I think. Um, you know, you can talk about. I just think the competition that year, and remember, there were three undefeated teams that year going into the playoff. The competition was crazy. There was Clemson. I mean, they won the year before. They were undefeated. They were ranked third. The defending national champions, LSU and Ohio State, were above them. There was just, and then you know, now you look at this year. I mean, we were kind of talking about this, and Blake, I remember at least, uh, agreed that this year with Georgia, I mean, the competition just wasn't high at all. They didn't yep. face much competition, and they blew people out. That's what happens when you don't face, you know, that tough of competition. Also, too, they struggled with like Missouri and Kansas. Well, they, I mean, in Nebraska struggled in that one game, or it was close. The score was somewhat close. But like at I the said, Tennessee game, you know, you can talk about that. I mean, that could have been forty to six, Georgia. They only won by fourteen, so I think it goes both ways. Um, but you know, the competition this year wasn't as good, so they blew teams out. And LSU, the competition was good that year. They played a, a lot of ranked teams. Uh, you can say what you want about Texas, Florida, though, as we were saying, number six, and then I kind of forgot about that. I'm yeah, be there was, you know, Georgia. You know, they, this, they, they, Florida hasn't been very good since then, so it's just kind of forget. I always forget about it. Yeah, they've definitely they haven't been as good recently. And then, yeah, Georgia. I remember were they were they four going into conference? Yeah, they're number four weekend? because and then there's conversation that they could get in. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they could get. There could be two SEC teams if Georgia could beat LSU. And that that game wasn't close at all. Um, and then Oklahoma, they won, beat them 63-28. Uh, I think, how many touchdowns did Burrow throw that game? A lot. Yeah, seven or something. That's another, that's another thing. Who had the really good game? It was Jamar Chase, right? I think that was, had the really good game that game. I think had four touchdowns. Both of them. No, Jefferson. No, Jefferson, 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 Jefferson had the four first half touchdowns against right. Oklahoma. That's right. Was, Say, Blake, you got something that you've been holding Yeah, I've been, I've been holding on to it because, I mean, again, when you go back, I mean, it's been a long time since 1995 now. Um, oh, it's very it's, long time. Yes, and it's, it's kind of sucks to see, you know, so much of the past, you know, start to just go again further in the past but it's just tough to see because that's the last time we were like really good yes so. so um but it is important to bring up though um against colorado which they were seventh ranked at a time fraser threw for a career high 200 241 yards this is back then yeah which which i think is pretty impressive um against Four, the seventh ranked team in the country and they the final was 44 21 and then also k-state going into the game against nebraska that year they would have the number one ranked 
defense going in and at the end of the year as well, and they got blown out. Yes. There's nothing you can do. And with that offense, and you you look up with other pundits and stuff like that, I mean, of course, when you want to do research for an argument like this, you want to hear what everyone else has to say. And the offense is just something that was... Unseen. Was unseen that before and really after because... Um, even though teams were trying to replicate it, um, what they did in that 1995 season just couldn't really be uh, done again. And I think that's one of the main reasons why the argument gets brought up just with how great they were is that such a unique offense for such a different time of football is why it can compare to the greatest teams and why I think it could be could be I think it is better than uh, 2019 LSU. I do want to say that I'm not I'm not so, going to give in and uh, and say later that's that's for okay. Mark, that's for Mark to decide. Is I'm not gonna I'm gonna say I'm a Nebraska fan, so I'm gonna lean towards Nebraska. But I do think there's both sides of it. I don't, like, I can I'm going in open minded. So, yeah, I can see so again. I can see where 2019 LSU is better than 1995 Nebraska. But there's some ways when you look back. If you look back, okay, I'm I'm looking back at this, and if you look back, 1995, Nebraska, they stayed. It was either two or one is where they ranked at. You know, LSU, they ranked in a six. So you had that consistency throughout the year. But then, I did it again. I lost my point. Go ahead. Well, I think just quickly. So you you said you think this is a better team than 2019 LSU. So do you think this Nebraska team, triple option, would have beat LSU and that balanced offense that could beat you both both ways? Yeah, I think Fraser can. Uh, right. I don't think he's getting the credit if that he deserves. If they're in their, if they're back when they their actual talent, maybe um, I, I think, think it would be a very good it, game. It would be close. Okay. Let's talk about the defense real quick. How's yeah. it was your defense? We allowed fourteen point five points per game, which was one of the best in the country. Which I think is really enough said. I um, want to say it was fourth. Um, yeah, and some in some some other way, uh, some other places say they're number one. Defense of all time, but there's, there's. I looked on that today. There's like no stats. Yeah, the, there's nothing so, here. The but. physicality of the team, I think, is unmatched. And I think uh, I don't. I'm not. Not that a lot more. And I'm just saying too. I know you guys. LSU played a lot of ranked teams, but they only had like they allowed like 25 points per game on defense. But well, they they did when they were playing against good offenses because they played you know good competition that year. I mean, Florida they had a they had a good offense I'm not, that year. Yeah, yeah. So so did Nebraska though too. We played very good offenses. Like Colorado had a really good offense going in that year. I'm pretty sure. So yes. in that year in general. So K State and like ranked it, for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like to bring up again. I've said it a few times. I don't know if you guys listeners heard it, but um, just the physicality. Not that modern teams are not physical; they definitely are. I think the level of intensity has actually gone reckon gone up, and the competitiveness has also gone up. But again, we had a fantastic weight training program back then. Um, we really invented college powerlifting, um, and I think that our team, the physicality of that team, is another thing that can be said. Is just because I mean, it's why we won games. We're yeah. Just Stronger. No one can, no one can compete with the physicality of our offense and defense. And I'm not disagreeing. Like you, you go back, even not just 1995 Nebraska, but you look back in the 90s, 80s, well, 80s and 90s, particular. That was bad to the bone. If you broke your arm, you're wrapping that thing. You're going back in the game. Like it yeah. was. It's it, a different it's, time. It, it's just a different style. Now, if you had a broken arm, you're out for a year. You know, it's just it, I, that's just it's not, just not, d- not different style yeah. of play. That's just how the game was back then. Yep. And this is the game that is now. Like. You know, every team now is weight training. You know, back then they weren't. So, I mean, 
I see this as like Nebraska's physicalness versus LSU's talent, and which one you're going to go up which against. See, but we, we didn't need. Okay, so NFL was different back then too. It's not like nowadays, like you're like one year or two years in in college and then you leave, or it's three. But mm-hmm. like, you can make a career out of uh, college. I mean, that's I mean, just Tommy what it was. Frazier. He okay. He didn't go to the NFL because he had a medical issue. Yes, but Ahmad Green, third round draft pick, multiple multiple well, one thousand yards. Want to talk seasons. about draft picks? Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to go into that. But I'm just like saying, it's just different. Which I think is. And it, again, Joe though, Burrow made those wide receivers really good, and they turned out to be good in the NFL. I mean, yeah, Justin, Justin Jefferson, Justin's Jamar Chase, right of course, Terrence Marshall. He hasn't done anything, but well, he's he been on the Panthers. On, yeah, he was in Carolina. Went on the Panthers, and it's kind of unfortunate. I mean, Thaddeus Moss went undrafted, but you know he was just he got under the picked radar. up at one point. He was somebody. picked up by Washington, yeah. but that's Washington. He's a fullback now, he's, so it's not yeah. like yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you look at other uh, national championship teams from Nebraska, and we've had seventy one. We, we've had we've had a lot of. Uh, um, players make it to the NFL, but I mean, it's just a kind of thing was, I mean, walk-on was a huge thing back in the day, and just being able to coach those players to be competitive and win games, and it obviously we worked out. We got a lot of our well. offensive linemen from Hawaii as well. Yeah. Um, and just like, again, it was that 95 team, and just the 90s era in general, I think peaked 1995. Um, kind of fell off soon. Uh, and then I think it really ended in 97 because it was coming down with Michigan and us and Tennessee. Yep. So, um, but Manning. the the peak of the era, I mean, just uh, 1995, which I mean, hey, we beat we beat Peyton Manning, but hey, that's 97. Um, but anyways, uh, really, the peak of that era is 1995, and you got to look at it. I mean, if you're gonna just go go back and just com- like compare like modern eras, like what what happened before and after that. I mean, we're talking with specific teams here. I know that. But it's it's crucial to know that the legacy of that 1995 team rode off into other years. Because going in, we were coming off a huge win, our first national championship, or Tom Osborne's first national championship against Miami, who we lost to multiple times in a row just based yes. off of just screw-ups. Like, we went for 2-84. and 84. Yep. So, like, it's because Tom Osborne didn't want to go to overtime. So we go for two and don't get it. We start. We lose the Florida State the year before ninety three. We lose the Florida State ninety four. We play Miami again. We beat them twenty four to seventeen. Then we go into ninety five, demolish Florida ninety six. We lost a lot of talent. Yes. We went eleven and two. It was also the first year of the Big Twelve. So, and then we went in ninety seven and won another one. Tied technically, won it, but technically yeah. we tied. But it's just it's this different era. It's tough. It's tough to. It's tough to. It's tough to say like what you were saying. It's just compare. Like LeBron, it's like LeBron and MJ. Like you can only look at their accolades. You can look at their talent. You can look at their physicality. You can look at the stats. Whatever. Relative. Like, what's this, we can look at the stats. Relative. Like you look era. at LSU, all those first round draft picks, but you look at Nebraska in the in that time, the offense. One of the best offenses of all time. Yeah, I'm not I mean, saying LSU doesn't again, have the one. Me, I think to both, me it both. just comes down to who do you think would win if they would play the team that ran the triple option or the team that had the balanced offense. It, it could be it just, both ways. It just, I don't think we'd ever depends. find out because I mean, you just well, I, you also I, don't, have to realize, I don't think that I think that LSU could stop them more. Well, than hey, you. Air Force did it this season. I think they put up a competitive win. Well, I think that using that tri- triple, triple option, option yes. Yep. I say Air Force won a bowl, like they went ten and three this year, but. Uh, Would they have beaten 2019 LSU? No. 
Oh, well, Air Force, it's, it's no. Air Force. No, but I'm just enough. saying that. It, I'm just, I don't think realize. the triple option. I don't think that triple option would have. But you have to realize though, like 2019 LSU's defense was more of a pass style defense. Like, oh yeah, look, look at that secondary. No, that, that's right. Their run that's defense it. was not. No, like you ranked, look. At, you, you look know. at that secondary. You had Derek Stanley Jr., third overall pick. You had Grant Delpit. Uh, you had uh, uh, who, who's the other corner? Crap, I can't think of his name. But like you had Patrick Queen on defense, you had a. Uh, Are you talking Delpit and Stingley? Yeah, there's a, there's another guy. Oh, can't. There's another corner. I just there's another corner. I can't even think of his name now. But, but and then um, Cassian, right? Chase on, yeah. Yeah, that Caleb guy. on Chase on. Yeah, him and Patrick Queen there, uh, two linebackers, both physical. Uh, linebackers for sure. I mean, yeah, I think that would be. I mean, I think Nebraska, as we've said, LSU's run defense wasn't. You know, they weren't the best run defense that year. But I just think again, when it comes down to it, I don't. I don't think Nebraska's that defense is stopping that LSU offense. As you know, no, nobody did that. It would be a shootout. I would believe. Yeah. I think they'd win by fourteen to seventeen points, probably. I think LSU would get at least you know a couple stops. In there. I think. So I, I honestly think it'll be very, very close. It's going to be like who has the ball last sort of thing because, you know, you're talking— We're going to make some mistake. Yeah. So it's it just depends on who has the ball and who's going to make that crucial mistake. And, um, you know, it just depends. It's not a quarterback game that we're talking about here because that's even controversial itself. We literally had that in um, our part two episode, you know? Yeah, the quarterback. The quarterback. It's, it's not a quarterback league like as it is today, as it was back then. Like back then, it was more. It's really. It was more. No, it was more a, the running back back then. They ran the balance offense, but Joe Burrow, what, five thousand yards, six hundred yards, fifty six touchdowns. Like, like he broke NCAA records. Yeah, in a passing league. Like, and I mean, you look at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he's passing, but it's just it's just difference because he didn't need that back then. I know game has evolved but it's the quarterback like who's the better quarterback well we're not comparing well, that we're, we're doing not teams. we're not doing that right now <laughs> no. But no i'm saying you just brought up the because we we had talked about that in the past but yeah i mean it's just it's that just, is it's not a quarterback driven league as it was back then so you have these two styles one is a quarterback style one is more of a running back style and you know it's it just i don't know it will be very it'll be very entertaining to see but it, i it's just very big close. I just personally think that 2019 offense, it is very dynamic because, I mean, even— You, got, you also Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Edwards Alaire, both. He, he was small, but he was he was physical. Can use you, him you saw him run and the pass. It's like just such a such a great offense. I mean, they can beat you anyway, like in any way. Uh, I want to bring up, I mean, obviously me and Dylan, we have our biases for Nebraska, and that's why I wanted to pick Nebraska, because I think they deserve to be represented. But I do think recency bias comes into it, because again, these NFL players are still in the NFL. We don't know how their careers are still going to pan out. We don't even know, because there have been fantastic players that started off great and can end their careers terrible. I don't um, think that's going to happen to Jamar I, Chase and or, or Joe Justin, Burrow, Justin Jefferson. Or Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow might die. Because he doesn't have offensive line, but like, but no, but I that still is so close to now to where like we don't even know how things will play out in the NFL. And again, going back to the different time thing, and I hate 
bringing it up, but it is the truth. I mean, if you look at them in their retrospective areas, you know, I mean, just like comparing 1995 Nebraska to other teams that year and then comparing 2019 LSU to other teams that year, I mean, our, we could stop the run. Um, uh, uh, you guys said that the passing, uh, the running was not I running, say our running wasn't, wasn't, our so running again, wasn't the best. That's but. weakness, and that's one of our strong suits. And Tommy Frazier, he could sling the ball if he had to. And he did um, it. We had in eight, the Florida game. We had eighteen. Uh, we uh, not our Nebraska had, but uh, eighteen. Uh, we uh, forced eighteen turnovers. I don't know what that thing is over over right. over uh, eighteen turnovers. Forced. Um, yeah. Yeah. Th- throughout the year, um, that's I don't know. I don't know. It's because they don't really have the stats. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking up stats from the. It's hard to really compare the stats. Other than offense. Yeah. But um. I only ha- we only ha- I can only find like the points per game and some of like the pass defense stuff, but that was it wasn't even that much for that either. So he yeah, couldn't 50, see sacks. He couldn't see fifty six percent of fourth down conversions. Um, I don't know. We're, we're going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, so we can figure this. We can debate about this later. But I think we should try to see what Mark thinks because yes. he hasn't talked Mark, since, Mark, uh, we, since we, the first segment. So. Go ahead. So, What's your opinion? So obviously, who do you think would win, Mark, between the two? That's teams? not. That's not the. That's not the argument. Which team is better? I thought that was the argument. It's not in a game. Who's just better? Well, we'll, we'll just, just, let, let's just let him talk. Let's let the judge talk. So I think you know you. You guys both bring up really good points. They're two very different eras of football. Um, I, I'm just looking at that LSU offense. Um, you know, there are a lot of weapons. I think, but I think it's hard to tell actually, and hard to say. Because they're both from two different eras of football. I'd have to, if it were me, I'd have to go with LSU. But I could also make a case for Nebraska as well. So I'm so impartial. So what's your final answer? LSU. Okay. All right. That's fair. Which, you know, is, which but, is fair. Okay, so what? I'm not going to go like gung-ho like Blake is. I came in with the open minds because I think both teams are very good. One, Both teams are some of the greatest teams of all time. It's true. That's Charlie, it. I know. It's you're making hard. that face. That's dis- I don't like the disrespect. But, yeah, Why do you think I'm so hard stance on it? We were talking about this. Disrespect. We were talking about this with the Tommy Frazier thing too. You're you're not from like somewhat around here, so it's you didn't know well, as not much. Not from around Louisiana either, and I've heard yeah. a lot more. Well, also that's recently, recently that's by, I've heard I've heard I've heard a lot about you know. There's other college quarterbacks too that I've heard about from back then. So I'm just saying that I've heard about more than Tommy. Well, Frazier, even they're the big names. The big names like Peyton Manning. Well, but even a week so. Yeah, yeah. Kick, we could have kicked the crap out of Desmond Howard that year too. So, yeah. but that's a whole nother year, so, so that doesn't matter. Because you guys do bring good points, and like, you know, I think one thing that again didn't get touched on. I don't know if it's a big of a deal now as it is, but LSU had one of the toughest strength of schedules in Nebraska. You know, I mean, but once again, that's totally different to how it is now. So, non-conference but, games weren't the same. We played. Like, we played Nick Saban. Yeah. But, like, but also, but that's back before Nick Saban was good. Out, one thing that pops out to me, if I was arguing for you guys, is you did not even slip below top three. Like, you were top yeah. two, and then finally you beat Colorado, then that's when you jumped to one. Yeah. So like, I, I don't remember who was, it was. I think it was Florida that year, the summer one. Yeah. Uh, I think Florida State might have been ranked number one. Bobby Bowden. Yeah. Florida State was getting there. So, with, but... You know, I see both sides of it. I was trying to approach more like Dylan, have an open mind, but yeah, and I'm fine with and, and I'm fine with your recency bias because I do believe that of how. But I also too, I enjoyed watching that 2019 LSU yes. team. I mean, that was fun. I, I'm not, I didn't get to see this team, yes. but the stories that you get from our parents. Yes, if we, and it's that, a different time. If we lost, 
the world would have ended yeah. around here. And that is one. It's, and we lost in '96, and it ended the world. Yeah, that is one thing that you guys have that we don't is your, the stories. Yep, parents, we don't have that. We have Nebraska to. And... We go to Google. We don't go to your parents. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it's it's different time period. I different era. Yeah, it's it's, it's different. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a respect factor for me just because, I mean, I just know that, I mean, obviously Nebraska isn't good nowadays. Because all people remember about Nebraska is nowadays, you know, 4-8, 3-9. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Haven't made a bowl game in seven years. People, Haven't beat I, Iowa in I've seven heard, years. I've heard a lot, you know, about those teams for sure. I mean, yeah, they, I, say, I heard they were good, you, you know, watch, were really good teams. You guys watch those sure. uh, College Football 150 documentaries yeah. that I was playing on? Both these teams are on as one of the greatest teams ever. Yeah. So, you also, we do not, I don't want to compare it. The 71 Nebraska team to anything after that because that's a whole nother. That's like wingback sh- stuff. So yeah, yeah. And that and that team was another. I don't know, that, another level that's of dominant. All, that's I think it's like a consistent like two or one or not like a two or three of all time. So yeah, it's it's on there and Bleacher. I think Bleacher Report has that number two. I believe as I forgot who number one. Some something different. I think it was think 01. Two, 01 Miami was number one. I don't know, 01. I don't know. I thought I saw. I, I will say this though: O one Miami is the best team of all time. That's I'm I'm leaving it at that. All right. So, this has been matchup of the century. LSU takes us one three to two, but we still respect 1995 Nebraska because uh, we go to school here and we are very passionate about it. So, uh, we will come back another episode next week. We're going to try and bring in new segments. Uh, or maybe bring some old ones back. We'll probably bring some tier listing, maybe another matchup, or... We might have a special guest, too. just depends. Yep. Or you never know. That's you never know. Yeah, that's true. Tune in next week. So signing off, it's... Charlie. Blake. Mark. Dylan. And I'm Anthony. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on to the next one. Peace out.